Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wow, that's scary. Okay, sorry about that. I glitched there for a quick second. Oh, you did? You froze? Yeah, Sims complete. We're back, Lights baby. Are Some people can't handle them. That's right. Well, I'm definitely a good example of that. That's why I am here doing this show with my father. And uh, thank you so much, though. Every for, uh... child's nightmare to work with their father. <laughs> it definitely is. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I never thought about that. It is true. Yeah. There, there's a lot of poems and stories about that, too, about, you know, sons trying to avoid the, uh, the eventual fate of becoming their father and... Uh, I'm living it right now, so it's pretty uh-huh. exciting stuff. It's too late, son. It's, it's over. It's, it's over. It's over. Thank you, you, Tom, too, from IMP Studios, adding these beautiful poinsettias yes, to the nice. stage here for us. Beautiful flower. You know what he said to us? He came out and he got anything I can do to take the attention away from your face, Phil. <laughs> I said, oh, that's, thank you. That's, that's really right. nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's right. Well, we're glad to. You're officially out of concussion protocol. I've been monitoring <laughs> you very closely for the past few weeks. And uh, I have to say that you're back to your normal self. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and, and we're going to dive into this a little bit, too, about, you know, just the effects that the concussion had on you, you know, the past few weeks. And we're going to start here with a great example. Oh, uh, you can look at the screen behind us or in front. Those of you listening on a podcast, we're going to show you a picture of Big Phil's, um, you know, beautiful uh, vocabulary, so to speak. Uh, so you were doing a show. Uh, on CBS, right, with uh, Jones and who and Adam Shine. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, I got stumbling and yeah, whatever. You, well, you got stumbling too, but also, you know, Luke's gonna share with us here in a second oh, a jerks. picture uh, that uh, of your note that you had for your show. Oh, okay. And uh, you had a curious spelling. Uh, oh, genius! Wor- genius. Yeah, correct. you dogs. All right, so here we go. Oh. You're gonna see in this picture, everyone at home, close up right there of it, resident. Genius. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So I'm, you spelt it G E N I O U S. Okay, resident genius. All right, so before you just go. give me a second to read. <laughs> Resident genius. That's Jonathan Jones. He's our insider at CBS. Yeah. And I just want you to know, in Mrs. Stein's sixth grade class, I won the spelling bee, okay? I stood up in front of the class. I was the last one Mrs. standing. Mrs. Stein's sixth grade yeah. spelling bee? At St. Rita's grade school. Yeah, we're Louisville, so glad Kentucky. that you peaked in sixth grade, especially hey. in the state of Kentucky, hey. you know. I won the math quiz, too, so shut up. <laughs> yeah. That was fifth grade, Phil. No, that was sixth, uh, too. But resident genius right Yeah, no, right boy, there. I hate that one. That's it. That's good. So the definition of genius, uh, there's two of them, uh, oh. uh, according to Webster's Dictionary. The uh, second one, obviously, is showing or suggesting great cleverness, skill, originality, or brilliance. And uh, we're going to show your cleverness and brilliance here in in this next photo that we have that I took of you earlier this this? week. Yeah, that's right. I just, I'm saying, I'm just taking shots at Phil today. So the next photo that we're going to show is going to describe your your cleverness, your brilliance of how you cook in the kitchen. Uh, and, and more importantly, how you cook soup of all things. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I just want to show everyone again. So, you know, and, and we'll have it here in a second. But uh, there it is. They, listen, you know what about that shot is what? Tell me. All right. So for, just for everyone at home that listens to the podcast, we're looking at a picture of I'm, Big Phil cooking chicken noodle soup, it looks like. Yeah, a little extra stuff. So yeah, little extra see. stuff that he put Carrots, in. But yeah. the key is – you know, it's it's in a skillet. It's in a flat skillet on the stove. Because it was dirty, and I just cooked in it, so I didn't want to dirty something. No, else no, up. don't don't give us that crap. That's it's the not truth. Dr- that you cook soup, you heat up soup like this, correct? 
Yes, most of the time. Okay, there you go. There you go. I should have been it, a lawyer. It's out and it's already been used. No, no, no. I cook you eggs always in it. cook or heat right, up wait. soup this way. Okay, this All is right, good. Now, now right. why, why did Hold this it. start? Where was the where was the genesis of this genius here? Because it's sitting right there. So why look for one of the? No, other? no. See, stop trying to redirect. I'm here. not. You've been doing it like this for ten years. Because it's all the. Well, the pan is always out because I cook breakfast every day. You wouldn't know what that's like. And what did I do today? Oh, let's see. Avocado, eggs, toast with no, some honey. No, we've already established that, that you was, eat too much food. No, that was for y- your mother. I okay. served her in bed. All right, good okay. for you. Okay, so yeah. I'm just trying right. to I'm it, There's nothing wrong with being a and good who, husband. Who you took know? this picture? Who took this picture? <laughs> I took this picture. No, Over, you didn't. Your, yes, I did, Your Phil. wife took this picture. No, picture. I, she did not. See, all right, you're back in concussion protocol now because <laughs> you don't even remember. You were like, hey, what are you doing? Take a picture of me eating? You know? <laughs> I took a few pictures of you eating, actually, this week. Oh, and uh, I'm, I'm sparing you. I only showed this one. But, yes, Big Phil showing his genius, as he would say. All right. Of cooking soup in you know a flat skillet. I'm going to go on a little cooking binge this week, the yeah. rest of the week, when I get hungry. And uh, <laughs> I'm a good cook. I can cook anything. You're, 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 you are a good cook. You're really good with breakfast, I'll say that. No, I've never I seen you on. actually. You know what? Let's be honest. If you can't, if you can't do breakfast, you're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, that is foolproof. That's I right. Mean, but you make good pancakes. You make good bacon. French you toast. Know. No, I don't French make bacon. French toast. I only know. make bacon when the grandkids are over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't eat that anymore. <laughs> I got enough problems. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's definitely I a quit eating oatmeal. I read something about oatmeal was bad. I used to eat it every day. Yeah. I loved it. No, and oatmeal isn't bad for you. The amount that you were eating was bad for you. That's that's <laughs> That's been the establishment. You eat healthy. You eat well. You eat too much. That's the thing. Well, All right. But hey, I love you know, it, too. You have you know, no response for this. You know why? Gonna, why do I eat so much? Why? Well, because when I grew up. I got, you know, there was two. We of, know. We heard the I story know, last so, week. Okay, I don't give a crap. You're going to hear it again. <laughs> it was a fight for the food. And damn, I was always Just starving. constantly living in fear of the starving. last I meal. To, <laughs> I used to sneak into the high school cafeteria when school was out to go back in the refrigerators and get food. <laughs> I did. Big Phil breaking and entering. No, yeah. there was somebody else with me had a key. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, they stole that. Um, all, all right. So what? glad that we got that out. Oh, you know, yeah, just okay. wanted to show Jeez. again just your your this is mental your life. prowess. Uh, you know, here with your cooking skills, we're going to show real quick to uh, Didi, yeah. the matriarch of our family. Right. Uh, my mother, your wife. Okay. She went over there to the mall to oh. get herself some uh, some Christmas stuff. Oh, this is and, the best. And uh, she's at the mall, and she runs into our favorite New York Giant. There's Dee Dee Sims On the with left. Tony Cutlets. I'll explain that in a second. And Mama Cutlets. Right. So Dee Dee is shopping oh. uh, at Nordstrom's here in New Jersey, and she's walking around. She notices Cutlets. And she goes, hi, excuse me, are you Tony Cutlets? <laughs> <laughs> and he, being the gentleman that he is from Don Bosco Prep, said, yes, I am Cutlets. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then uh, she goes, you know, my, my husband, Phil, played for the Giants. Do you know this? And he goes, yes, I know. Oh, and then she obviously brought up the connection with me and him from Don Bosco. Oh. And then, uh, you know, she asked for a picture. He told his mother to come over, so we got this great family photo of them Christmas shopping, oh. uh, you know, at, at Nordstrom's here in New Jersey, which was pretty fun and pretty. I, I loved it. I got a the text. group text too, and the family was hilarious. Hey, I met Tony Cutlets. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. The whole family was like, "Don't explain the story because oh. it, it's better oh. not to be explained, oh. just letting our imagination, you know, go with that conversation." You, you know what's good about this picture for me? Yeah. That he, she's taking the picture, so it, it kept her from shopping. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, no. so maybe that she's was still, a, she still got it done. So there might she, have been a five-minute low in her she's life. She's a pro. She's a pro at that. Yeah. And, you know, look, she's stylish, too, man. Look at that. Nice yeah. pea coat. She, she looks, looks good there. Always, always looking sharp. So this was, this was Monday. Uh, this was uh, after he. Was it? Yes, it yeah. was Monday. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I yesterday. forgot what day it was. And, yeah, no, it goes quick. But she goes, oh, you must be sore from the game. Yeah. <laughs> I think something <laughs> like that, right? Right. Because uh, Tommy. He, he got listen, banged up. And I don't she, care who you are. You're going to take a beating when you go down to New Orleans in that dome. You really so. are. And, and you know, she said it was really cute. He looked at, at her, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little beat up today. You oh. know? Yeah. So, but it just, uh, you know, story. 
Good for you, Tommy, though, you know, being a gentleman there to uh, the matriarch of the Sims family, you know, on your off day. We appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you this yeah. week. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. Let's talk about the Jets and the Giants. Let's transition now to our, our football show. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I was just wondering if there's anybody else you're going to blindside and take a <laughs> shot at. So then, No, we're done. Now we're I know done. where this can go. Yeah. Be alert next week. Yeah, that's High right. alert. That's okay, go ahead. What are you going to say? Uh, Jets and Giants, though, you know, just oh. really rough week for yeah. New York sports. Uh, from the, a week ago, both of them being AFC, NFC Player of the Week, both Tommy and Zach Wilson. Now a week later, I'm honestly just happy that both of them survived because they both got, you know. Beat up, Zach, the, the concussion. Yeah. The, but you got crushed. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I expected it in New Orleans. But I played down in New Orleans a few times, and it truly is at times can be so loud you cannot communicate in the huddle. Yeah. And it, I don't know if it's still that way, but they're big and rough. So I knew it was going to be tough on uh, Tommy DeVito and the team, but maybe they could find a way to squeak it out. It never really materialized because right. New Orleans, energy, a lot of big men. They're a big football team. They are. Big Derek Carr played well. But I was really surprised by the Jets. I really was. I yeah. thought the Jets could go down there and just hang around. And there was no semblance of that at all. And I guess what it did finally, even for me, I go, okay, it, it's it's over. It's over. Yeah. Okay, everything's over. Now let's just wait and see what happens when the season's over. Yeah, definitely. And I guess with New Orleans, not quite so surprised with that game. Again, like you said, on the road, tough defense tomorrow. Davis and them, like, they know what they're doing. Right. Allen knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the football. They're always going to be physical, especially at home. Uh, the Jets, though, you're right. That was a huge surprise as far as just laying an egg the way that they did. Physically getting just obliterated, it seemed mm -hmm. like, uh, throughout that football game. Topic of discussion lately, though, too, has been Robert Sala. Like, is he – should he be concerned? Is he on the hot seat? With Aaron Rodgers being hurt, does he get that grace period to get another year for next year? What do you think? I think it's close. But if I had to say right now, three weeks to go, you know – I, like, is he coaching for his job these last three weeks? I'm, I'm going to say uh, only if it just is a disaster every week. Right. Then, you know, the, the, between the media, the fans, and everybody, you know, there's going to be a tremendous outcry. Yeah. But if they just hang in there, they can lose all three, which I almost expect them to, that, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers. He came here with Robert Sala, Nate Hackett, his guys – whatever, do you get rid of one of his guys mm -hmm. or one of the people I think he uh, trusted in and, this and is going to work? What's either another curious thing, too, is that if they – let's say they hypothetically do move on from Robert Sala. The next coach that they interview is going to be like, hey, no matter what plans you have of coaching the team, Nate Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are they're, – they're here. So you got to deal with whatever that is. And I, I find that interesting, too, to – to shake up that whole dynamic of getting someone else that way. This is you, what the, this is what they bought. You're so right. So there's nothing surprising about all of it. Yeah. And I, you know, boy, I, I just can't imagine it, it's just being a quarterback and having that kind of power. You know what I mean? That Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Has. People have said though that you had that kind of power with the Giants. You know, so there's no way. <laughs> well, maybe not that type of not power. E you not know? even in the. Uh, on a scale of one to hundred, okay, I'll give myself credit. I was a two. Aaron's a hundred and three. You know, so he might have to go to the hospital. He's so hot, but it, it's no. It, well, what's crazy though, too, is at the end of the game when the Jets are just getting destroyed. Right. That's typically when you know I feel like the guys in the booth are like, "All right, give me the close up on the head coach. Let's look at him being yeah. miserable." They don't even show Robert Sala. They just show Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah. and his disappointment. So that just kind of shows you though, too. His Yeah. He's. He's higher on the totem pole than Robert Sala in a lot of cases. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they, you know, have, have been put in this position now, and now it's kind of like, where do you go from here? You know, Matt, it, in, in the NFL, certain things happen to football teams. And when you think you're close, which, I, you know, we, I think we all kind of feel like the Jets were somewhat close. We thought they were, yeah. Yeah, you got to take some chances. Yeah. In other words, are we going to get there? Are we talking about, oh, let's just be careful and make a playoff Are game? they as close as we thought they were earlier in the year, though? Um, not, not a, They're not as close now, of course, with just what's yeah. transpired. But like trading in the quarterback, is that, that, is that the cure-all for this football team? Is that really like automatically with him as a quarterback, or were they – going to be a Super Bowl playoff contender this season after what you saw 
from the whole season? Well, I just think it changed everything. So, yeah. in other words, I can't even say um, that it, it it changed once he got hurt. The enthusiasm, the intensity to a degree, and then losing and Zach not playing well and having a chance to really play well. Yeah. It, it, it demoralizes the franchise, you know, and then how do you get out of that right. sometimes? And they never really climbed out of that hole once they got down into it. Which is funny, too, because they had – Good performances against good teams, but then it was really, really bad performances sometimes against teams that maybe they should have won or, or competed against. Like any, and I guess the the Dolphins game is just a great example of that too. Like, you know, the team looks like all of a sudden, oh yeah, they they kind of figured something out, and then the next week it just it gets thrown again. You I, know, hey, look, ways. I fall into that uh, group. Of course, I thought they'd kind of figured it out a little, and I I really thought their offense was going to play well or good enough. Especially least, against a Dolphins team that we didn't think yeah. was peaking defensively yet. We keep hearing that the Dolphins defense, like, they'll figure it out. They'll figure oh it out. Oh, my God. I'm so and, tired of hearing that. Yeah, like, you know, now they played the Jets. It looks like their defense figured it out, but I don't know if it's really true or not. Yeah, the last thing I'll just say about it, yeah, they figured it out, all right. They just overran them. I mean, when you, yeah. when you can overpower, be faster, more athletic, all those things against a team that even – even if everything was equal in the score, it wouldn't have mattered. The Dolphins' defense just ran over the Jets' offense, and that's what we got. Yeah. Let's discuss uh, Philly-Seattle a little bit. Let's go into that game. Yeah. What are some of your takeaways just from that game and, and Philly struggles right now? Um, you know, I just keep looking and going, the, the, why are they struggling? And I, I thought they would win last night. You know, Seattle's really been struggling. They are. They're, yeah. You know, they can't get – they can't win. They – what have they lost? Well, they lost four in a row, five of six. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith's not out there. And yeah. I thought if Geno Smith was playing, you know, Geno can still make all the throws. He's tough. He can hang in the pocket Definitely. and all that. But he wasn't. But Drew Locke, uh, my first thought is he did it. I hate to do this, too. He did it on the last drive of the game, which was the most important. Right. He made. He hung in there tough all night. And you and I were talking on the car ride over here. And I said, you can say whatever you want in that last drive that the Seattle had against this defense. That defense in front of Philly, they were whipping some rear end up front. They were kicking ass. And yeah. Drew Locke hung in there. He did. And made, you know, a couple good throws. They got away with one, too, the interception on the slant. Right. Was that Darius Slay, I think, had a chance to get it? Was that I think it was, was Bradbury on that one. Was it? Yeah. I mean, man, he was – I saw it live. What a catch, too, by D.K. Metcalf. I well, mean, that was ridiculous. That so. was a, like a strip sack away from the defender. I don't know what to call it. It's just unbelievable. But, but you that's, know. Just, that's just a, my first little thought. And then early in the game, I went, especially at the first drive, I go, wow, this looks like the Philly offense that I saw last year. Mm-hmm. A little bit of everything, the quarterback run, a couple short passes, no, no um, pass, didn't have to worry about the defense being all over the quarterback. He yeah. hit one down the middle on, a, I think, a third and 10 or third and 12. So I thought, well, here we go. Uh, but Seattle hung in there and, and found a way. And why do you think that Philly seems to kind of struggle with just keeping the momentum of their offense, whereas a year ago they were uh, seemingly just impossible to stop? What, what is the issue, do you think, you know, as far as their offense this year? That's a good question. Uh, the talent's there. We see it. You can't Bat- deny it. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL. There's no Still doubt is, about that. Yes. They got got two wide receiver ones. Yep. You know, I mean, they're awesome. A.J. Brown, Good running back. Smith. You know, Goddard, of course, the injury, that hurt a little bit. But I don't even know if they really use Goddard the way that, you know, he should be used in this offense, or at least not this year. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And, and the protection, you know, I thought Jalen Hurts all night long. He yeah. didn't get good protection. He got great protection. He's been getting great protection, you know, it seems that's, like, every, that's one thing. every week of and the season. So, and I, I don't know if they said it last night, but you've said it. Why aren't they running the ball more? And, you know, once you get that going, uh, it just makes – it just falls in place. It, oh, we're going to throw the short pass, whatever, and every once in a while we take the shot down the field. I, You know, you can tell by the way I'm talking, I'm having a hard time really figuring it out. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it comes to this always to me. They got to talent – now it's up to what? The coaches to take that talent and make it better. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's what that really probably is, right? That's as it. we unravel it, that is what it is. The yeah. coaching just isn't as good this season. And, and rightfully so. It's no disrespect. Yeah. You know, to change defensive coordinators now, you know, uh, week 15 of the season, that's 
We always see that on the offensive side of the football. We don't really see that uh, uh, so defense. much on the defensive yeah. side of the football. So I think that's kind of telling, though, too, in a lot of ways, you know, that now Matt Patricia's calling the defenses. And, um, you know, nothing. You lost two head coaches now, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had two guys uh, that went to go be head coaches at Indianapolis and Arizona, and it's hard to replace those people. And, and it just – it kind of just, I think, bled into the team now, and it's finally catching up to them. As, well, as my I'll point. go to the offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. So just look at what he's doing in Indianapolis. Yeah. And look at their run game and what they do with Gardner Minshew, and you just go, oh, that's you can see why Philadelphia had all the answers last year during their season. Right. And, you know, the, the other thing on defense, Matt Patricia – it, there's not much he could change. It's the sequence of the play calls. That's right. all it is. Exactly. You know, same on offense. What's important on offense? You could give every coach in the NFL <clears throat> the same talent, the same exact offense, and we're still going to have a really good group and then a bad group. Why? Yeah. Because the good group, they know how to sequence the plays and help their players, and the other guys, no matter what you give them, they're going to mess it up. Right. But I thought overall – why did he, Matt Patricia get the job? Look at the points they gave up the last couple of games. Mm -hmm. So they were not desperate, but this was they were looking for a little change, a little momentum, mm -hmm. all those things, and it was really good yeah. until the last drive of the game. No doubt. And so. your one question mark last drive of the game was what as far as what Matt Patricia did defensively? Well, I would say time was on their side. Yeah. The pass rush was, you know, I just me, zone it. Make him throw it short, whatever. Sooner or later, I thought the pass rush is going to get to Drew Locke. All they need to do is sack him one one time, and the game would have been over. Yeah. Uh, they got aggressive on the corners, and the corners, you know, I'm, I'm not going to blame it all on the coach. Again, managing the game. Yeah. Corners got to manage the game. What's the clock say? Oh, they can only have a few plays left. If I don't get beat deep, we're in a good position. Right. And they got beat twice. So – and this is something that goes back to our discussion with Sean McDermott a few weeks ago. Too soft of a defense, allowing teams to just march down the field against them. Well, that was because they couldn't get a pass rush with just four guys against some of the teams that they were playing in those situations. Right. Whereas in this case against uh, the Seattle Seahawks, the four was getting good you know, push back into the pocket. They were affecting the quarterback. And then giving them one-on-one -on -one opportunities versus man coverage allowed them, I guess, you know, more the easy out of being able to play faster and kind of just take those one-on-one -on -one shots. And also, too, just a phenomenal play by D.K. Metcalf where contested catch and, you know, dude just was big, strong, went up there and got it. And uh, not a lot of receivers in the NFL are going to make that Well, play. no. And it, listen, for the quarterback in that situation, the get-out-of-jail-free card is what? Let me just throw a ball up deep down the field one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. That's the get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. That's the easy one. Well, had him one-on-one. -on -one. Took a shot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Coach, you know, you told me. No doubt. Get these one-on-ones. Let's go. Take Let's it. take them, yeah. So it was there. So that yeah. they, they bailed out Drew Locke. <laughs> right. Because you saw all the other throws. Man, it was rough. Yeah. He was either getting it hit. It was hard work. Throwing it away, or they almost intercepted it. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so and he, he caught the defense. You know, I don't want to get in this with the fans and just – but he caught him moving a little bit where, let's say, D.K. Metcalf. He was going to be covered, but they were trying to disguise it so well. All of a sudden, at the snap, the guy you think is going to be over to help the corner, the safety, he kind, of, he kind of goes back towards the middle and no help there by the time yeah. he recovers and gets there. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too, just trying to, trying to be too – you know, aggressive with disguising defenses instead of just really, like, executing in that type but of situation. But you're right. One of my real pet peeves is – Here's the game. And they didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I'll give Seattle credit. To, I mean, um, Philadelphia credit this way. They didn't just back up and say, we're going to give you two really easy completions to start start to drive out with. No, they were contested. They were yeah. going right away. They yeah. were pretty aggressive and everything. And um, so, well, all I can say, great for Drew Locke. Did you watch him get interviewed after Good the game? Good for Drew Locke, yeah. Oh, you man. Can, you you can know. see the emotion that he had, too. Good for him. So there's always some side I, I feel good about the game. Yeah, of course. You know, I felt great for him. And it's like he, that's and, just, and like what we said with the Giants in New Orleans, right, on the road, that's not an easy place to play either, no, no. matter what their record is. You know, Pete Carroll and them, uh, it's, it's always going to be a tough right. place to play. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, struggled again. You know, rush. And that's my problem, too, like the rushing attack. It's like his scrambles are the rushing, you know. And I just feel like – I just think the offense stinks. That's real. I'm just going to put it plain and simple. I really do. I don't think it's creative at all. I think it looks like a college offense. Here's – we line everyone up, hut, 
throw here, quarterback draw, whatever, and they get away with it because they are talented at times. But I don't see them going out of their way, uh, even, for example, the San Francisco 49ers, Debo Samuel. Right. You know, guy had, I think, five or six touches in the game, but he had two carries, he had three catches, he had two touchdowns. You know, so it's like they made sure that one of their better players, even though they weren't getting the ball a lot, you know, they still went out of their way to make sure that he got the ball and got involved in the game. So yeah. these are things that I think that the, the Eagles and the big picture just struggle to do consistently, well, you know. And then, uh, of course, with the team being that way, they don't play well from behind in those situations. And I just think that their passing game is, is average, you know. And I still think Jalen still needs to improve as a passer. Yeah, we, we can talk. Well, I'll make this comment real quick. Yeah. Look at the 49ers. They take their great skill, and they don't stand there. There's right. always shifting, moving. Why? Make the defense think. Give them just a little edge. And you know that they always say, Matt, you know, I heard one of our strength coaches say this one time, talking about Lawrence Taylor, what would happen if he works out? Would he be? And he goes, move the sun one degree closer to earth, and earth explodes. <laughs> and that's, that's sometimes that's what you get. Just a little help from the coaches takes players and makes them stars. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I'm bringing all this to this point. Philadelphia. All right, you ready? Off the top of your head. Did they have any uh, motion last night? Not not that I can remember. It's hard to even – I know. Yeah. Did we see any shifts? No. No. Not, not to the point where you're like, wow, they did that and they got a big play yeah. off of it. Yeah. It's mostly line up. Let's survey the defense. Now let's figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Or just call, run the play that was, it's called. I really don't know. Yeah. But I think that's an issue that they really have to deal with. Definitely. And let's, let's go and transition now to the Ravens and Jaguars, that football game, a Ugh. game that, you know, we were interested in as far as where the Jaguars are, the state of the union address for, for their football team this season going against a, you know, Super Bowl caliber type of opponent, the Ravens. We know how we feel about them, right? We love this football team. We have all year. Uh, this is a team that is creative both offensively and defensively, Man. trying to get people involved in the play as much as possible, especially on the defensive side of the football. I don't um, know what it is now. Yeah. The last time, maybe last week, I was looking it up because I was studying the Ravens' defense, and they had 14 guys that had sacks. They lead the NFL in sacks, yeah. all this stuff. And this is Without a team. Without a premier pass rusher, yeah, no, so to speak, right? Matt has turned into one inside. Well, great. I'm glad you mentioned that. Matt Abike, is is an emerging superstar in the NFL. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. I mean, the dude has been absolutely phenomenal. 12 sacks in the season, two forced fumbles, and his quickness and agility and hand fighting great. is crazy. Yeah. It really is. And I love, too, they showed the scene, uh, a little clip of him training in the offseason. Yeah. When he's doing the ladder drill, you know, if you would have, like, cut out the top part of his body, you would have been like, oh, that's a running back or a receiver. Like, that's how fast this dude is yeah. moving. So, it's just uh, credit to him. You know, Texas A&M guy, he's getting better every year, and he has, you know, totally become one of the, the you know, I think one of those guys that you're excited for as far as being, like, a, the next superstar in the NFL. Well, I like to apologize when I judge people wrong. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do. I don't know why. It makes me feel better. Uh, got to get it off my chest. Yeah. But there's one on Forgive Baltimore. Me. And he was a first-round pick, and yep. he is just knows how to play. He makes plays every game. You saw him, you know, shoot out there against Jacksonville. He came into the picture a lot, and that's Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's not quick enough. He might be too tall, and I'm thinking all this stuff. But, hey, that's, again, goes to coaching. They created a role for him that fits his talent, who he is. He's big. Blitz off the corner, blitz off the slot. Well, that's the thing. Just, he that, does it right, all. Let's give them credit for this. Like, I don't even know if they – they don't look at him as a player that's like this – he's this position. He's just a really good football a, yeah, player. Yeah, he's – And they're right. going to make sure – you know, just like getting Geno Stone involved too. Right. Uh, um, I'm blanking uh, – arm, uh, arm, uh, Amlet. Um, oh, my God, why am I blanking no, on his name? I, I don't know. But just like really good football players that do a lot of things and are very versatile – and they find ways to make it work for them. Not alone, too, that they have uh, two of the better middle linebackers in the league, right? Oh, but, my gosh. So, well, it's I the mean, fastest – well, maybe the second fastest group of inside behind linebackers. Behind who? San Francisco. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's close. That's, yeah, that's right. And, you know, uh, too – It is close. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out this weekend. Roquan Smith made so much money in this, these, this year and last year for Patrick Queen. 
because Patrick Queen was struggling. Right. And he got this pro to come in there who's a great player, energy leader, and he's changed, I think, Patrick Queen's life. And yeah, Arthur Mollette is who oh, I was Arthur thinking Mollette. of. I don't know why I was blanking on his name. Well, you know, like too. Another guy, too, that they get involved in, in the pass rush and yeah. his blitzing ability and, and everything that he can do on the back end, too. So just to go back to what you were saying earlier, there's so much to talk about when you talk about them. Is um, it, it's Since Ozzie Newsom was there and was drafting people, many times he would draft the football player and not the athlete. Yeah. And you just go, oh, why, you know – but then you see it, it works out great for him. Right. And I am definitely drawing another blank because it's all off the cuff, is Arizona State, the big pass rusher. Oh, he was huge. Played many years. Suggs? Yes. Yeah. That's it. Right. He, did, he ran a terrible 40. He ran yeah. a really slow 40. Yeah, he's, right. he's not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it worked I, out pretty well. I'm going to say, what, 12, 14? I don't know how I many years he I think he was just played. inducted to the Ring of Honor, too, about two or three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but Suggs was awesome. He, he was, was, so he was I just think about him and Kyle Hamilton. and that's, Yeah. Their eye for what they're looking for is, is tremendous. They yeah, just, it really you is. Know, and they, even their wide receivers, they drafted and, you know, oh, they're no good. And, you know, wide receivers are like every other thing else. It takes a little while to learn to be a professional football player no matter what position you're in. Yeah, definitely. And we're seeing that some with them too right now. And, and also the emergence of, of, you know, someone like an Isaiah Likely who's replacing, you know, Mark arguably Andrews. one of the better yeah. tight ends in the NFL. And there's a lot to like about this kid. You know, his height, his length, his ability to, you know, go and get up contested catches on Lamar's fantastic play. So here's another f- football guy, you know, I believe from Coastal Carolina that they, they found. Two that. tight ends in the same round. Yeah. And they drafted him. He was the pass catcher. Right. And he looks like the pass catcher. That's yeah. for sure. And I, I think, yeah, because Greg Roman was the coordinator. And I actually had a chance to talk to him about it. He goes, yeah, this guy can catch. But then he goes, this other one can really block. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what a shot. Greg Roman likes blockers. Yeah, definitely. I think he had four tight ends on their roster to start last year. At least four. He loved them all because they all had a different role and a different skill set or whatever. But big, let's talk big, about – And ahead. big thing real quick, too, though, is just, you know, Mitchell obviously going down with the injury. That's huge. That was huge. Yeah. And that's something that I don't know if big picture a lot of people are noticing right now, but in the grand scheme of them and their Super Bowl hopes, not having him in that two-deep rotation of the backfield, I think uh, wow. is, is going to be a big piece missing for them, especially in the playoffs. So I just wanted to hit that real quick. He but, is so – I know. Well, he was he's so fast. He is so fast. Uh, we're talking about NFL. When you stand out with speed in the NFL, you're you're like an Olympic track star. When you stand out with speed in the NFL with the football in your hands, that's oh, a whole other thing my too. Gosh. So let's not even I don't like, even think they knew what they had. So I, I always heard this story and I, I won't quite go as deep. Somebody went to <laughs> training camp and goes, Oh my gosh, who is that? Yeah. And one of the coaches goes, He's really good. I don't even know his name yet. <laughs> And so he was showing that off. That like a camp thing. Yeah, yeah his camp. Yeah, he, he's he, every day we go, wow, wow. But I, I, I can't tell I mean, his name. Yeah, that's right. So, we just know his number and that he's staying around for the next Well, give years. me a little – let's talk real quick about Lamar Jackson before we get into Jacksonville real quick. I don't even know if we're going to get into Jacksonville because, you know, I mean, it's just not even, yeah, there's not look, even much to talk about. Let, let's do it this way. You ready? Miss field goal. Miss field goal. Fumble. Trevor Lawrence fumbles. Into the half or down there. They oh mismanaged the clock. Yeah. That was the worst. Tried to be cute going fast and all that. Spike the damn ball. Get two downs or two shots or whatever. Do something. But, you know, I don't know. To try to rush like that. Now, hey, if it works, he's a genius. If it doesn't. But that really was kind of like the, the, the outcome of the game right there and in I, that situation. You know, too, and I'm, I'm not going to overjudge. Yeah. But I feel like I've seen this story with Jacksonville so much in these last yeah. – this year and last year. And I know they played hard. Yeah, of course. They do. You know, yeah. I said to you, you know, when we were watching a little bit, just, you know, Baltimore just, like, kicked the crap out of them again, too. Like, kind of like with the Dolphins and the Jets, you know. And I just feel like Jacksonville is never the imposing their will on the other team ever in yeah. any situation. They're too finesse for me at times. Yeah. And they're a team that I really wanted to, like, I was rooting for this year. I wanted them to do well. I thought they were, like, one of those sleepers for the Super Bowl. I said this earlier in the season. But just, yeah, not enough physicality to their football team. Not enough just, like, badasses, especially, like, trying to run the football or to stop. Well, they stopped the run really well. But uh, getting after the passer specifically, too, yeah. and when they got to have a situation. And I think – I'll make a quick statement. I think Trevor Lawrence 
just watching him, he's the, you know, I always say to people, when you're a rookie quarterback, okay, there's certain things we don't talk. We just let them go. Don't overjudge them. But year two, I want to see a difference in who they are throwing-wise. No doubt we saw it last year with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt, I think the ball, when he throws it, it's coming out awesome for yeah. him. I mean, he can, like, overpower the ball, it looks like, any time he wants. Mm-hmm. In fact, in that game, I thought he threw it so hard a few times, he missed a couple guys. Yeah. That's a good... We also learned, too, that he was obviously banged up in the yeah. game. and. He took a lot of hits. And, again, that kind of goes back to that physicality thing that I was saying. But yeah. So, let's go to Lamar, though, yeah. real quick. Yeah, L- Lamar, I'll do it real fast. I said on CBS, we yeah. talked about him. I said, I'm not trying to get a click or whatever all that crap is. <laughs> I said, Lamar Jackson has the quickest release in the NFL. Somebody argue that with me and try. Him and C.J. Stroud, I would say, those two guys. Yeah, C.J.'s pretty quick. But yeah. it's not it, – you know, Lamar can just flick it with his hand. And, he, and we talk about all this quarterback yeah. stuff all the time. He grips it like it's a baseball. Right. I mean, he's got all of his hand at the very end where the ball is really small. Right. And that's one of the reasons why he can do that. But how do you rush him? You know, you got to keep him in the pocket, which is – and then he's up, he's out, he's side and all that. And he looked extremely quick to me in the game. Sometimes I watch him and go, man, Lamar, that's, he looks slow today for uh, – you know, for him. For, yeah, Lamar. Yeah, no, yeah. for him. Yeah. But his quickness, the fact that he can still find the guys down the field and all that, it's really – you know, he's becoming a better passer, a better quarterback mm-hmm. kind of every single year, which is really cool. Right. And he's, you know, learning how to manage the game as a quarterback, and we'll, we'll discuss we'll those get into things that too, too later, yeah, right? But you're right. And, and also, he's strong as hell. He oh. is strong as hell in he's the a pocket. Wire. The fact that he can just throw people off his body, you know, when he's in the pocket and then still be have those quick bursts after it. Uh, and, and be dynamic throwing the football. That just kind of shows you, like, this dude is, is different. He's Lamar's special. got bones, tendons, and muscle. <laughs> That's it. That's the, We all have that. Yeah, Some but that, got a little extra. he doesn't have that extra stuff at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nothing but tendons and muscle. No, he, and he's, he's got it for sure. That's great. What uh, do you got? Come on. Browns. Joey Flaxseed. Oh. Let's talk about it. Joey, Joey Flaxseed. Uh, you know, I feel like it goes with his age, too. The Browns, what they're doing, struggled against the Bears. The Bears, let's say this real quick about the Bears and Justin Fields. I don't, you know, I agree with you. I don't think they should move on. I think they should keep Justin Fields and keep building around him. And, you know, the fact that he hasn't played great, all right, then you don't have to give him that great of a contract. Just give him something to, to get through the next few years so you can build the team around him. Well, he gets you know, the fifth-year option. Uh, yeah, right, can, yeah. right. But, like, you don't have to break the bank is what I'm saying. It's not like he showed you enough where you're like, oh, we got to pay him yeah. $300 million, right? So there's that. But, yeah, let's go back to the Browns real quick. All right, Joe Flacco struggled in this game, right, early on. Yeah. But, damn, did he make three or four throws that were like, wow, at the end of the game. Yeah. And, uh, and credit to them for hanging in there and playing tough with good team defense and then him just making the throws that he needed to. Joe Flacco sacked four times, three interceptions. And as somebody said that after the game, you know, the interceptions, he goes, did I throw any? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because he, he just he's that way. Yeah. He's just going to keep playing. And, you know, after you throw three interceptions, it's hard to pull it back sometimes. And hell, he made some great throws after that third interception. And you said that, too, uh, on the CBS broadcast after the game, too, that just yeah. like the good thing about him is that he just he keeps chucking it. He doesn't care. He's just going to keep playing. He also knew that in the situation of the game, he had to keep throwing Yeah. It, right? And uh, the deep cross that he threw to Amari Cooper, that oh. was a phenomenal throw. That was a little you side know, arm dip. It was unbelievable, the window that he threw that into. And then retreating, giving ground to David Njoku to set up the field goal. That was a huge play. And, again, highlighting David Njoku. Oh, who my is, God. He should be a you know, superstar. He, he, right. And I think they're, I think everyone, that team. It's taking that long? We're, we're realizing that, too. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's pretty cool. To, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. To see that as well. Yeah, you know, and with Joe Flacco, the offense, man, I'll tell you, what I love to seeing him with their, the original starting offensive line yeah. they had this year. Right. Because – the screen game is really evident when you watch it. 
They move the pocket, which is always good. They And, you know, I say this almost every single week, but they got many plays to get the ball down the field for big plays. Right. And they do enough with the motions and formations and all that. And, you know, Kevin Stefanski, to me, is, you know, he's not going to win it, but he's going to be one of those three or four coaches at the end of the year. We're going to have debates about who's the coach of the year. And I mean, he definitely should be listed, you know, as someone to be in consideration. Oh, yeah, for just, this just year. what they're doing. And, yeah. and now he's really, truly got the quarterback that fits his system. Right. I mean, Deshaun Watson fits it, but not as much as uh, Joe Flacco. Yeah. This is the way Joe Flacco should have been in his whole career. Agree. This, this kind of offense. Agree. And here, here we were, you know, a year or two ago when he was with the Jets, and we're like, Joe Flacco can't play? How dare they yeah. put him out there? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just, it seems to be a Jet thing. But, uh, you know, here he is with the Browns. Offense is designed well. It, it allows him to do what he does extremely well in the play-action pass game. Right. He can still push the football down the field. Not as talented as he was, obviously, no, in his prime. No, I can see which a little was, difference, sure. You know, when he was in his prime, he's one of those guys, too. He's very... He's very underrated. Yeah. You know, when he was in his prime, he was one of the arguably one of the best throwers in the NFL for oh. about three or four years in a row there. Absolutely. He always had the Ravens in it. Um, you know, and just, you know, kind of one of those guys that I feel like doesn't get enough credit sometimes. No, because he's so low key. You know, I, I yeah. covered many of his games and he was always extremely nice and you know, he just hey, he was not a uh what's his Parcells would say. I don't need no damn star quarter, uh, quarterback. I don't want a celebrity quarterback. Celebrity Some, quarterback. Something like yeah. that. That sounds like something Parcells would say. Oh, yeah, he had. Because he wanted to be the celebrity. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he was. You know, but and, the, and also, imagine if Nick Chubb is healthy, you know, for this football team. If their offensive right. line, he, yeah. even somewhat. Even some them, of their defense They lost the up. backup right tackle. Yeah. You know, the rookie from Ohio State, Jones, Daywon Jones. Oh, my gosh. He was – I had somebody tell me they should bring him in you know how when you run the extra receiver in on third down? Yeah. They should run him in there to play right tackle because <laughs> he's, he's probably one of the top two or three biggest guys in the NFL. Right. He's huge. Yeah. Six, eight. <laughs> you could – time you get around him, the quarterback's already thrown it. But, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's a big miss. Uh, so, hard to overcome an offensive line that struggles. Yeah. And that, to me, that's the biggest worry about Cleveland going forward. Yeah. Definitely a dangerous football team that you don't want right. to see. But, you know, they are – Kind of limping into the playoff picture here late in the year. Oh, we, we got to speed up. We, we All really right, let's gotta... go, player. Let's go, player. All yeah. right, so real quick, let's go. Baker Mayfield, Jake Browning, both of them playing really good football right now. Right. Baker Mayfield, we, we've always been fans of him. We love the fact, too, that, you know, it seems like he's matured. It seems like he's uh, playing a little bit, you know, I guess – you know, he's being more of a game manager. He's being right? smart. He's being smart. Yeah, yeah everything. Yeah. And, you know, Baker. But he's also trusting his instincts and cutting it loose, too. Because, I mean, there's a few throws where you're just like, damn, can you throw it any harder, Baker? No. Baker, It's <laughs> never. he's like a pitcher in baseball. is still in 980. He goes, hell, I got to throw it 100. And <laughs> yeah. Baker loves showing off his arm. Right. And he's really been accurate and not losing control of the football. He has grown up. I've watched him in interviews. He just handles himself really, really well. And somebody asked Todd Bowles, explain Baker Mayfield to me. I guess this was in training camp, whatever. And he says, well, if I told him to stick his face into the fan, he would. Yeah. And I go, wow. Yeah. And, you know, so right away his chemistry, his leadership picks up the offense quick and his ability to get the ball down the field to those two big wide receivers, oh, mm -hmm. my gosh. He's done, a, he's done a great job. So I won't even get it. Yeah. Had a tremendous game against Green Bay, um, perfect quarterback rating, whatever that is. You know, I don't know. Look at you. Yeah, well, you looked at the quarterback rating. I yeah. have no idea. I heard it. <laughs> you just heard it was perfect. I know it's around 154. Am I right? Well, I don't know. It I don't doesn't mean, matter because we don't care about that I don't that care. Stat. But uh, 22 of 28, 381, four TDs. Rashad White had another good game, 21 carries for 89 yards. And uh, right now, Tampa or New Orleans, who do you have greater faith for in the NFC South? Right well, now, Tampa. Tampa. Why? Quarterback. Just because of Baker. Absolutely. I agree with that, too. I, I just feel like when they got to have it situations, I, I'd, I'd give the ball to Baker over Derek Carr probably at a, 10 times out of 10, honestly. Yeah, I would do it up there high. Baker sees it, believes it, goes. Derek Carr, look, big, strong, got a good arm and all that. He's got to see it, see it, see it. All right, I believe it. <laughs> you know, is that, that kind of explain it? <laughs> yeah, that was You know, he, but he's careful. Yeah. And, you know, it's great to be careful. 
Yeah. But you can be too careful. Not a lot of Super Bowl quarterbacks or, you know, quarterbacks that are playing for meaningful games in the year are, are careful quarterbacks. Yeah, you got to – you got to – there's a few anomalies to that, but very few, yeah. you know. Um, Jake Browning, let's talk about him, his success here with the, Cle- I mean, uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. We discussed earlier in the season teams that we thought didn't have Backup. good backups. We listed the Bengals as one of those teams. And why did we list them? Because we hadn't seen him play in, you know, half a decade. You know? I haven't seen him since he was at the University of Washington right. play. So – but I love what he's doing. The offense is really good. He, he has great skill set around he, him, right? Good yes. running back, good receivers. Good system. Good system. A former quarterback, too, and Zach Taylor, who's his head coach, right. that clearly, you know, he understands more than anybody what sure. he's going through. Uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow Share helped that him. story. Well, Jake Browning, you, you heard the interview. He's yeah. sitting there talking and – what he does, you know, he spent, he goes, you know, what money he made in the NFL was, wasn't much. He used it to try to get better physically, to think, and he just put all his time and effort into it. Yeah. Which is, you know, we're never going to know this until he got in there and played. Of course. Like but he, goes, he learned from Joe Burrow to just stay calm no matter what. Right. And, when you know, I watched him really close in the game this past week mm-hmm. against Minnesota. And no matter what happened, he never really showed any emotion because yeah. he was just in his world. And that's a great place to be, and he, he just made it work. Was he a little lucky? Yes. There's nothing like having T. Higgins up there jumping for a football when you just rip it that up. That was and, a ridiculous play by T. Higgins. Yeah. That really was. I mean, and it, just, it was crazy. Yeah. His, his, the ability to go obviously go and get in the football, his body control at the one-and-a-half-yard line, and then to do a, a nice 180 turn and reach over, I mean, just – Unbelievable football play by, who, by him in that who situation. Who was that cartoon? And not Inspector Gadget. The guy could just reach out and his arm just kept going. Inspector Gadget oh, did do that. He yeah. could do that? Well, yeah, that was, was what it looked like. He others, just like yeah. stuck his arm out there and it went forever. <laughs> go, go, Gadget. Arm. But you know what T. Higgins did? He proved to everybody, which I think everybody knows, yeah. he's the number one receiver. For sure. And Cincinnati, man, I don't know what you're going to do, but, boy, you got some tough decisions to make down there. Yeah, you are. So, but you we'll are. see. But good for him. Bengals found a way to win. Bengals are a fun watch no matter what. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. And, and they're a team that it, they play good defense. You know, they play good situational defense. That's Sometimes what they are. statistically they're not great. No. But when they need to, they can get after the passer. When they need to, they can be creative and create pressure, right, and stop the run when they need to because they have the players too. Really it's the passing game that I feel like they're a very dangerous football team to go against. Right. Because I feel like they got speed at the linebacker position. They're good in the back end. You know, uh, Anarumo was creative as far as how he calls it and how he how he goes about, right, that symphony of calling the plays. And then, you know, they got the guys that can get after it was just yeah. a four-man rush. Yeah, he's got some guys he trusts on. I, I actually looked it up once. Logan Wilson, the linebacker, number 55. You know how many plays he plays a game? Every play. Every play. Yeah, he I never was going to say. He never comes off the field. Yeah. Well, I he's mean, awesome. And he's got some, you know, which I've noticed more this year. And he's, Pratt, too. He's amazing. Pratt's out there about 95%. Yeah. But Logan Wilson has um, uh, what's the word for it? He's a little itchy this year. Right. You notice that about him? You know, he's if I can get an extra hit, I'm taking it. Yeah. Right, you know, right, and, right. and his emotion. I I don't know if I why I didn't notice it in years past, but boy, it's really jumped out at me, uh, to me, almost every game I watch of yeah. them, and it, I saw it in Min- against Minnesota too. Yeah. So well, good for him. Yeah, good for him. All right. And uh, so we're going to go to now the MVP situation and kind of what's going on with that, the drama that surrounds that right now. Um, And we're going to start with just obviously Brock Purdy is the favorite. Yes. All right. And rightfully so. Okay. And there has been things that have been said, you know, obviously what Cam Newton said about him being a game manager, him, Dak, Jared Goff, Brock. Uh, didn't put Jalen Hurts in that category, even though that's exactly what Jalen Hurts is for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Right. Oh, my God, I said it. Um, well, but it's okay. I mean, yeah. and this is the thing, right? Go ahead. What, what would you like to just say first? Well, when people say the phrase game manager, they don't mean it as a compliment. Yeah. It means this. all the, You're just lucky because you got all these good players around you. It's right. not about you. It's a backhanded compliment, slap him in the face, whatever you want. That's what it is. And, you know, being a game manager is an absolute must 
for a quarterback to be in the NFL, mm -hmm. to understand situations, to be a coach on the field. Especially the way that we judge the position now. Oh, my you know, God. And how we just micromanage every coach, coach's decision, every decision made by the quarterback, especially for some specific teams and quarterbacks in the oh, NFL. Oh, it, it's, it's out of control. It really is. You know, the, I, I could make a hundred examples and won't, but knowing how to do it, how to play the game, know the score. Do I take a chance throwing the ball? No, we're up 10 points in the fourth quarter. I'm going to be extremely conservative. Our defense is playing well. Yeah. So why would I take a chance? Yeah. And if you do take a chance and it's intercepted or a fumble or whatever, then you're in trouble. And you had this situation that you said you were playing a game, you were up 10, you had hit a touchdown pass down the middle in a big play. Yes. And it was late in the game. You were still up 10. You ran a similar play. You thought it was open, but you checked it down because – you had the lead, the game was in control, and you weren't going to risk allowing the other team Why to get Why risk? Back I had Lawrence it. Taylor on the other side. <laughs> right. You know, so and I had Carl Banks, Lawrence. We had all these guys. But, yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell this story fast and stop me if I've done it. Playing Dan Marino, 1990, second game of the year. And, you know, I'll and, and here's the thing. Bill Parcells was a great game manager. Yeah. And one week is – That was like his strength, you said. Oh, my as God, far he was as great just at knowing it. what you needed to do to win that That's specific right. game. You yeah. know, we're going we're to run the ball. We ran the ball for 220 yards against the Washington Redskins at the time. Three weeks later, we play him. Sims, man, we're going to we got hey, we're going to you got to throw it. And I'm thinking, oh god, we're not going to run it. We did last thing because he knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah. The next time down there, right. yeah, you got to take some chances. You just got to let it go. Right. Don't worry about it. Just let it go. And of course, the third throw of the game, I threw an interception. And he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to contain himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, we he, threw, but he knew that you still had to keep kind of going first play, that route. First play, 40 yards. Second play, 20 yards. Third play, interception in the end zone. <laughs> but, but the Dan Marino story, we have a long drive, three to nothing. He goes three and out. I'm walking on the field in the first quarter. He goes, Sims. And I knew what he's going to say. I turn and look. He's got like a – he's shooting the clock. Kill the clock. And yeah. I go – I know that. Right. So, I, you know, Matt, you know how this goes. You're in the huddle. All right, guys, now here we go. And you're looking at the play clock, trying to kill a little time. Okay, here's the play. But what you got to be good at in doing those things, <laughs> run, run, pick up the third down with the pass. Yeah. And we held the ball for over 40 minutes. We beat them 20 to 3. And Dan Marino had a horrific game because mm -hmm. he was always on the sideline. And I think the game went two hours and 40 minutes. And we're coming in the locker room. Well, and Tamara, our owner, <laughs> shakes my hand. He goes, let's see what CBS can do with this. Because he knew they had all this time to fill. Right. <laughs> but that's just a great example of a coach understanding the grand, the grand scheme of things before the game. Yeah. And then carries it out. Right. And always and be then willing. finding ways to execute it during right. the game. Yeah. And be willing to change if you have to once the game gets going. So. And, and we're, why are we bringing this up, too? Obviously, what was said, but being a game manager is – probably more difficult than actually being, you know, what was said as a difference maker. Because a game manager, you're taking into account, what is my role? What is my role for the offense in wow. that specific play? What is my role for the offense for this specific play at the situation in the game? Right. With a score, right? What they're doing defensively, where we're at, all that kind of stuff. The timeouts, this. How our defense is playing, yeah. you know, the momentum of the game, you know, all those things that play into it. That's a lot of stuff to manage. And I made the example to you of almost kind of like, you know, being a general on the battlefield, you sure. know, like it's hard to keep all of these things in check and to manage every little situation or to see the big picture naturally to you. But for him to take shots at guys that have to do it a different way because they aren't Cam Newton. Yeah. That's where I'm like, come on, man. Like, you know, we're better than that. And also that's what's great about the position, too, is that there is no one perfect way to do it. Thank you. You, you know, listen, Brock Purdy, the, the guys out there, which, you know, you always say this, too. I watch a lot of TV yeah. when I'm watching games, so I, I hear it all. But he doesn't fit the prototype, man. That's right. He doesn't fit the mold. He's not the mold. He's not. Of an MVP quarterback. He's not tall enough. He's tall. You know, he doesn't, you know. Uh, it, 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 Tom yeah. Brady's the only one that got drafted as late as he did that got the pass of fitting the mold because he was tall. You know, he, he had a great chin. Pocket, you know, pocket he, passer. And he was a pocket passer. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, but just he got the pass, but Brock Purdy can't because he looks like he's in seventh grade still. Yeah, well, hey, it's a good thing. So, yeah, you know, it you want to look yeah. young as long as you can. Right. You know, I, I, listen, <laughs> I'm not one of these guys. I 
didn't see it or didn't believe it with Brock Purdy either. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then, but you know, as I said this past week, once you get more evidence and so much evidence, you right. can't overlook it. Yeah. He can move. He's accurate. He's a great decision maker, and he can anticipate as much as anybody in the league right now. Right. You know, that's probably what gets me. And, he, and of course, the touch. He he's a passer. I'm not going to say he's a thrower. When I say thrower, I'm saying that can you just rip a ball between guys? You know, there's only 10 guys in the league to do that. Right. The rest of everybody's got to be anticipate a little and be a passer, have the right touch on the ball. And his touch on the football is great. It is. It is. And, and every quarterback that's up for the MVP award. Oh, right? they have good people around them? They have what, what oh. do they have. It's a common thing, right? It's a good system, right? First, it's a good yes. coaching system. It's a good coaching, you know, Family. The coaches around him are awesome. Typically, it's a good offense and good defense. Right. Right. Very rarely do you see it's like our offense is off and our defense stinks. You know, so it's great. It's great balance on both sides. The coaching from the top down is super impressive. All right. The players around you are really good. You're protected well. You have good skill players, all that kind of thing. Right. Again, you have players on the defensive side that are making plays to give your offense momentum, all that kind of stuff. What are some of the other things, too? The environment, too, in which your team is playing in, right? Just the window of opportunity that certain teams have, right, to be successful. And we want to discuss, too, other game managers Ooh. that fit into this, this mold right now that won the MVP. Here's a good example of a game manager. And, and also, to my quick point, really, off of that, Lamar Jackson was a system quarterback, because when he won the MVP, because if you asked him to do what Aaron Rodgers was supposed to do with the Green Bay Packers that same year, he probably couldn't do it. He no. probably wouldn't have been able to no, be successful. No, of course not. He couldn't. So what they do? They went out of their way to make the system work the best for the player around him, and that's what great coaches do. The greatest run game in history. In the history. Greg Roman designed the greatest run game that allowed Lamar to do what he does best at that time in his career. Right. Now, what he's doing now is different, yes. but at that time – we had never seen anything like that offensively before. So just want to kind of say that that comparison as far as systems varying and how really good coaches, like you said before, can make it work with whoever they have. Well, let me say, I'll, I'll just start it and I'll be easy and quick. Yeah. Joe Montana. Joe Montana Joe was Montana, a game manager. He fit the system. It was created for a rhythm-throwing guy. That's what Bill Walsh had his whole career in college, pros, whatever – Joe fitted. Oh, he did have John Taylor. Oh, he did have Jerry Rice. He had Roger Craig. Yeah. He had a good, really good offensive line. He had a revolutionary style of offense that and had never been seen before in the history. I mean, they essentially invented halfback screens. Yeah. You know, like they really did. They invented passing to the halfback out of so the backfield. So here's, here's what's important. Yeah. We said all this, but he took advantage of it. That's right. Okay, that's what you he do. He executed. So that that's, right. that's his talent that he could take advantage of all the stuff you talked about right. and put it together and just win four Super Bowls. And make it work. Yeah, just yeah. four. Just all four. right, another, another system game-managing quarterback is Tom Brady. Same thing, too. Well, you know. They Very, went. He he did a couple of games uh, systems. Go ahead. Well, that's the thing, right? He had multiple offensive coordinators. Yep. What was cool, too, is that that team – you know, basically found different ways to win throughout his career. Early in his career, they were more of a running Run, team. Defense. Play action, you know, play great defense. Later on in his career, a little bit more passive. They were the ones that kind of revolutionized that, throwing the ball at the line of scrimmage, the wide receiver screens, you know, all that kind of stuff that was a little bit more dink and dunk college style like with the downfield passing of Randy Moss. So they evolved and did that. Then, you know, McDaniel, what he did with them as far as then being revolutionary at the offensive position. So, and then also, yeah, fantastic talent. Talent around Fantastic it. talent. I mean, at one time, you know, his skill group was, was – I mean, he's had tons of fantastic receivers. First off, here, here we go. You got one system. Then they created the slot receiver and right. made him valuable. That then was they it. created the double tight end system. Then they went four wide receivers. Oh, yeah, Nobody right. in the league was doing it, and it w was crushing everybody. Right. I'll never forget they beat Joe Gibbs and the Washington team at the time like 40-something to nothing, I think, because the four wide receivers, they had no answer yeah, for it. right. And then what? Then the, then two, the two tight, tight ends, ends, right, with Gronk which they and did. Hernandez. And then what came after that? Then they took James White, and I remember being up there maybe in training camp early, hey, you know, he really could be a receiver, and we're going to play him at receiver. Right. Nobody was doing that. So they were not only talented and all these other things, but you said it, they revolutionized many aspects of the NFL offense. Totally. So that, that's another guy, right? 
but, you know, he kind of got the pass, you know, because he's Tom Brady, right, as far as being looked upon that way. Yeah. But, again, he's one of the greatest game managers in the history of the NFL, right? Okay, yes. I mean, right? So, that's awesome. He took advantage know? of it, he yes. When you take it. advantage of it, that means you can manage what they're handing to you. So Troy Aikman, another good example of it. Team was loaded on the defensive side of the football. Offense, Emmett Smith, Michael Irving. Awesome. One of the best offensive lines in history. One of the best offensive lines yeah. in history, right? I remember you saying that the other day. The yes. defense was phenomenal. You yes. said that they were always fantastic on the defensive side of the football where the point where you were just like, damn, like, you know, oh. the, the second group that came in was just as good as the starting group. I don't think there was a starting group. <laughs> yeah, right. Was, yeah, that's how good they were. It was four to So time. He's, he's another example of that. Troy Aikman, Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, we already did Joe Montana, right? So Rich Gannon, system quarterback, game manager Changed again. his career. Changed his career. MVP. With the John Gruden offense, and, you know, right. Rich was awesome at it. Yep, and Didn't. that was totally new, you know, to the NFL Absolutely. at Absolutely, yeah, Absolutely, was. and also to go with that, they were doing things defensively that were very unique at the time, right. which kind of helped balance their team and playing complementary football. Kurt Warner, greatest show on turf. I mean, that was a team that, again – Offense had never been seen before, the style in which they played. Yep. Marshall Falk was a Hall of Fame running back that was competing against his own quarterback, right. just like Christian McCaffrey and Brock are competing against it for the MVP award this year. Uh, you know, talk about the receiving core that was phenomenal as well to go with it. So there's another game manager, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then Matt Ryan, you know, who arguably one of the best quarterbacks of the decade probably in the early 2000s and is a phenomenal quarterback, someone that I really respect a ton as a football player and as a person, his leadership too for us in the Atlanta Falcons. He's a game manager. And you know what? He won the MVP and took us to a Super Bowl. Who was the coach? So, who, was the, who was the coach? Who was the right. coordinator? Kyle Shanahan. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. And you know what? We had a good offensive line. We had yeah. a good running game. Uh, Dan Quinn in the cover three defense, which was revolutionary at the time. Right. We had it in Atlanta. It was as effective then as it was for the Seattle Seahawks right. and their little dynasty. And Julio Jones was prime. Prime Julio Jones. He yeah. was. He really was. He was Optimus Prime Julio. Like he was unstoppable. Uh, Devontae Freeman was phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, so there's a list of guys that, for whatever reason, say what you want about Brock Purdy being a game manager – but there's another group of guys that are game managers all right. that are damn good players. Yeah, you got it all. The last thing Sorry. is – was no, I too no, angry? I was, no, it was great. <laughs> I love angry. It plays well. You know, here it is. And you can mark this. Mark. If and when they lose, he will get really bloodied. Yeah. Because they're going to lose because he's not going to have a good game. Right. Because the opportunity's not there. Maybe he plays bad. You yeah. know, you never know. But when it happens, he's going to take – it's going to be an avalanche. They're going to pounce on him. Because yeah. they're all going to have to be quiet for a couple of weeks here and whatever. But as soon as the playoff starts, well, we'll see. Yeah, that's well, right. You know. Well, that's that's what's annoying, too, about football, too, is that it just you feel like everyone kind of waits around to, yeah. oh. you know. And, and that was the thing, too, like even to defend Cam and his comments, right? That was what was annoying to me about Cam and his career. Everyone was constantly like, well, like eventually – He'll mess it up because he's not a traditional quarterback. Oh, and, Jesus. You know, and it's just like the Carolina Panthers wouldn't have been in a Super Bowl if he wasn't the, the dog that he was on the field and what he did. You know, that year – and I saw that. I saw that twice sure, that year. you saw it twice, I yeah. was with the Falcons on that run, and when we played them, I was like, this team is, yeah. is awesome. And yeah. they were l virtually unstoppable. Oh, you know, and I also think, too, like, damn, Cam, you missed out on the tush push because you would have had – a hundred more quarterback touchdowns, touchdowns yeah, with right. the tush push concept. Yes. Um, but that's the thing. And I'm not like taking shots at cam, you know, like what he said is what he said. Listen, we're talking about it. So it worked for him too. Right. Sure. But just, you know, that's what I think is annoying about the quarterback position sometimes is that we're just, we're waiting for guys to fall. We can't enjoy the success when it is there, you know, or we enjoy the success when we, when we choose it to be the appropriate success. Well, if you, know? you bet against anybody in the NFL, you know. You're going to win a lot. You're, you're <laughs> always going to win. You just got to wait. That's right. You know, so <laughs> if you hate the Dallas Cowboys and now we got this group against, you know, San Francisco and just name but and, – and it's good to be against these people, right? Right. Because, you know, they do it – you know, and then I'm not good. Stephen A. Smith, you know, the Cowboy thing, you know, it's fun, and yeah. I understand it, but – they're the most visible, most publicized team in the NFL by far. So to make them part of your commentary all the time, 
people are going to listen. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's proven a thousand times. Yeah. I mean, even on CBS, we have the Cowboys on. Got the Cowboys this week. Everybody gets excited because they know the ratings are going to go up. That's right. So if you're on, if you and I were doing a five-day radio show, I say, hey, man, we got to get involved here. Let's, you know. And, and, and <laughs> you know, really, I, here's my only problem. You got to make some of it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which That's right. I can't do. Yeah. I can't do it. We can. We can. No, I can't. Uh, you know, you know, one guy that I missed too that I was on my list that I want to discuss too is a system quarterback, but this is later in his career, Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, Peyton well, Manning with the Broncos, great defense, awesome offensive line, great skill group around him, game manager because he couldn't do it physically the way that he did where he was he, dropping back and just right. cutting people up. So he he adjusted. He adjusted, you know, and he made it work, and he was really just a great general. You know, oh. now he's a little different in the sense that he's calling his own plays and basically like the offensive coordinator on the field and all that. But still, he managed the game appropriate to the defense, what they were doing offensively, and making sure that he could optimize what he still had left in the tank. And you know what? That took him to two Super Bowls late in his career Peyton, and ultimately winning one. Peyton and, you know. changed the quarterback position. That's right. As he became the guy that did all the work, this is the last things I'll say. Yeah. He did all the work, check, checking all this. I said, I talked to a few head coaches, and I said, you know, you're going to maybe let your quarterback do what Peyton's doing? And they go, no way. I'm not going to put my career on the line with my quarterback. But now we expect what Pete Manning was doing with the Colts and even in Denver for all quarterbacks to kind of be that way. Yeah. And the other thing that helps all quarterbacks is to this, managing the game, the helmet. They can right. talk to you. Hey, be careful here or whatever. They <laughs> yeah, right. So the coach can help you a little bit yeah. manage the game while you're on the field. That's all I got to say. So let's go picks real quick. All right. All right now, last fast. week, Big Phil, one and three. Yeah, I had a, it's unbelievable. I had a terrible week everywhere. No, you really, you just got unlucky with the Bengals and, and Vikings. That was really, a killer, you know? yeah. So you took the Vikings. I took the Bengals. They squeezed that one out. Ugh. Big Phil on the year is uh, 16 and 11 now. Right. Your son is 17 and 10. So after being behind for the majority of the year. Well, I'm really you happy. You know, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, We're I got it. strong. Cowboys. At Miami. All right, Cowboys at Miami. Who you got, Philly? I'm listening to you first. Okay, I am going to go with Miami. Okay, I'll take the Cowboys. All right, cool. I like it. Baltimore at San Francisco. Baltimore at San Francisco. I am going to go with Baltimore on the road. All right, good. I'll take San Francisco. All Jacksonville right. at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. All right, yeah. I'll take Jacksonville. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I'm All just right. going to go against you. I'm yeah. going to go 4-0. <laughs> New Orleans at the Rams. Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm going with the Rams. Me too. All right. So that's the one that we So we got three on. different. Yep. So all right, cool. Oh, that'll be great if I sweep. Got a one-game lead on you. I love it. All right, that's all for us uh, yep. this week with Sims Complete. Uh, please subscribe and listen to us on our YouTube channel. You know, write any comments. Call Big Phil on his cell phone if you have any questions for the show for next week. <laughs> um, thank you again. Yeah, so yeah. find us anywhere where Let's where hear some questions. I want to get – and be, give me angry questions. Don't worry. I, I got the answer. Uh, well, we'll see. After what we did with the game manager list right there, I'm sure we'll, we'll piss somebody off. No. Uh, yeah, that's all for us. We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you so much, IMP Studios. Thank you to the Believe Network for, for believing in us. Yep. And uh, thank you, Big Phil. And these beautiful poinsettias, we'll see you again next week. How do we end the show, Big Phil? Uh, I have no idea. Toodles. Still oh. in concussion yeah, protocol. I just can't, I right. can't, no, no, I knew that. I just can't say we'll, that word. We'll tell the story about that one of these days. About right? what? But, uh, the toodles story oh. all right, with Coach Toll. But oh. we'll get to that. Okay. All right. See you next week. He's here. <laughs> <laughs>